0: Hey, it's Erica. I just wanted to let you know that you can now listen to Global News, What Happened To, ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. In season one of this podcast, I took you back to a dark day in Canada's history. On the evening of January 29, 2017, six men were killed and 19 others injured in attack at the Islamic Cultural Center in Quebec City. Ayman Derbali was one of the survivors.
1: I was hearing a lot of screams, people screaming. Uh, people, they were screaming. So uh...
0: The man behind the attack is Alexandre Bissonnette, who was 27 years old at the time. He pleaded guilty to six counts of first-degree murder and six counts of attempted murder. And on February 8th, 2019, he was sentenced to life in prison with no possibility of parole for 40 years. But that wasn't the end of the story.
1: Well, uh, when, I, when I read the, uh, the decision of the Supreme Court, uh, I felt uh, a deep deception uh... Uh, as a victim of uh, of, uh, of this tragedy.
0: I'm Eric Vella, a journalist with Global News. Today I'll bring you the latest developments in this case and share how they'll affect other high-profile cases in Canada. This is a special look-back episode of what happened to the Quebec mosque shooting. Over five years ago, a gunman stormed the mosque during evening prayers and opened fire, killing six and injuring over a dozen others. As I mentioned, he was charged with six counts of first-degree murder and pleaded guilty. In Canada, a first-degree murder charge carries an automatic life sentence with no possibility of parole for 25 years. Kent Roach is a professor of law at the University of Toronto, and he said that a judge could technically order consecutive sentences in cases where there were multiple victims killed because of a provision of the criminal code adopted in 2011 by the government then led by Prime Minister Stephen Harper. I think they called it And no discounts for
2: multiple murderers. And it was always an an awkward provision because it only allowed the trial judge to increase parole ineligibility in 25-year increments.
0: That means if three people were killed, a judge could stack parole ineligibility to 75 years. In fact, that was what happened to a man who killed three RCMP members in Moncton, New Brunswick. On June 4, 2014, Justin Bork, a 24-year-old Moncton resident, was responsible for a string of shootings that led to a 28-hour manhunt. Just a few months later, on August 8, Bork pleaded guilty to three counts of first-degree murder and two counts of attempted murder. Chief Justice David Smith gave Bork two concurrent life sentences for the two attempted murders and three consecutive 25-year minimum sentences for the three premeditated murders without the possibility of parole for 75 years. This ruling was considered the harshest sentence given since the abolition of capital punishment in Canada for most cases in 1976. In the case of the Quebec mosque shooting, if the killer were to serve six first-degree murder charges consecutively for each of the lives lost, he would have no chance of parole for 150 years. And after a four-week hearing, the judge delivered his decision. But if you recall from episode one about this case, there was a lot of confusion over the sentence. The judge said the killer would serve life in prison with no chance of parole for 40 years. The judge effectively changed the rules, and both the Crown and defense filed appeals. In November 2020, the Quebec Court of Appeal ruled the gunman would be eligible for parole after 25 years, declaring that section of the criminal code allowing consecutive life sentences unconstitutional. Unhappy with the decision, Crown prosecutors asked the Supreme Court of Canada to review the case. On Friday, May 27th, 2022, the Supreme Court of Canada released its decision.
2: And the Supreme Court said uh, that was not a legitimate option, given what the statute said. And given what the statute said, the court determined that it was cruel and unusual punishment and had to be struck down.
0: It was a unanimous decision. In its summary, Chief Justice Richard Wagner said consecutive sentences violate the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms in a way that cannot be justified in a free and democratic society. Quote, a life sentence without the realistic possibility of parole sends a message that the offender is beyond redemption and cannot be rehabilitated. The decision says it's degrading in nature and incompatible with human dignity.
2: And somewhat unusually, the court also opened the door for everyone who has been sentenced under this no discount for multiple murder provision, uh, basically to have their sentence reduced to the ordinary mandatory minimum, which is life imprisonment, ineligibility for parole for 25 years.
0: This means convicted killers, given consecutive sentences, like the man who killed three RCMP officers in Moncton, will likely have their parole ineligibility drop back down to 25 years. But there's something else that Kent said stood out.
2: My own read on it is that although the court doesn't talk about this, uh, that Parliament can respond to this decision with better tailored measures. I think you know, some of this is really because the Harper Government's crime control agenda was, frankly, implemented in a blunt and clumsy way. The court has been very careful not to give kind of guidance to what Parliament should do. The court used to give guidance to Parliament, and now they're really leaving it up to Parliament to decide what, if anything, they are going to do. But I do certainly think that Parliament does have a little bit of wiggle room, not a lot of wiggle room.
0: Ayman Durbali survived the events at the mosque on January 29, 2017. I wanted to know how he felt about the Supreme Court decision.
1: Well, uh when I when I read the, uh, the the decision of the Supreme Court, uh I felt a, a deep deception uh, uh as a victim of uh, of of this tragedy.
0: While he was upset by the decision, he says he wasn't shocked by it.
1: I was expecting this decision to be sincere because I I I followed some the uh, the public uh a consultation, or the the public uh, uh, with the uh, in the, uh, in the Supreme Court, and uh, I heard some a judge uh, who said that uh, uh, the rehabilitation is is a, is a Canadian value, and I, I I thought that it would could it could happen that this decision is very uh, it could happen so it was expected for me so i was expecting that so i i wasn't surprised but I, I felt deception
0: but i'm in wonders why now
1: from 2011 till 2021 no judge in the supreme court or any other instance thought that the this the, the cumulative of 25 years was uh, unconstitutional you know so during 10 years, that, that article was enforced Still, our case and the, the the tragedy in the mosque. And then we began to, to, to talk about this aspect of the constitutional or not constitutional.
0: Iman is angry because to him, it feels like this decision didn't take into account the pain felt in the community.
1: This is what made me a little bit uh, frustrated. Because we we are talking about values that they they are they appear and disappear they appear and disappear depending on the victims and we need from my perspective we need to be uh, to have uh, harsher punishment for those uh, shooting I feel like uh, sorrow I feel sorrow when I when I hear someone saying that. The sentence is an inhuman. What, what about what he, he did? It's not cruel. Killing six people.
0: His thoughts echoed in Quebec's Muslim community. Shortly after the decision was released, Mohammed Labidi, the president of the Islamic Cultural Center of Quebec, expressed his disappointment over the ruling. It
1: doesn't take in consideration the atrocity of the, of the tragedy. Uh, killing uh, six uh, persons and uh, injuring uh, five of them and uh, as I talk in, uh, in, in our conference uh, uh, our uh, uh, deep concern is about uh, the, the orphans that will see the, 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 murder, uh, the, murder,
3: the murdering person
0: the Supreme Court made the decision to limit parole ineligibility to 25 years. But I asked Kent Roach, how likely would it be for the killer to be released?
2: The parole board does take into account not only the severity of the crimes, but also the continued impact on the victim. So, um, you know, it may very well be that Bissonnette never gets granted parole, but At the same time, because of this approach, the survivors will likely have to relive this in 25 years' time. And so, you know, again, To me, this really points out the limits of relying on punishment as the means to express solidarity and caring and belonging to those who are targeted by these crimes. So, yes, I mean, unless he makes a remarkable turnaround in prison over 25 years, he may very well be denied parole. But... The community and the immediate families are going to have to relive this in 25 years' time in order to make sure that he is not released on parole.
0: Amira El-Gawabi is a human rights advocate based in Ottawa, and she's been paying close attention to the Supreme Court ruling.
3: I think there's always going to be a concern again for any family that has lost a loved one in such uh, you know a terrible way where there has been a crime committed and there's a perpetrator who is coming up for parole that that is always going to re-traumatize communities and particularly in a situation where uh, you know community members were targeted for a specific characteristic in this case for their religious faith that that again will be a reminder of the fact that this was not just a hate crime or a terrorist attack, but that there was that specific targeting of their communities. Canadians of all backgrounds really just want to believe that the justice system is going to protect them equally and without any type of discrimination, that every community that is targeted, families that are targeted um, and that do experience um, a killing in this horrible way, that the justice system will have their back. And so this Supreme Court ruling, it does bring disappointment to people who've lost their loved ones, but by the same token, we have to continue to have faith that it is a system that is about justice, and that does include potentially, you know, allowing for the rehabilitation of perpetrators of crimes. However, it must be balanced with the protection of all people as well.
0: In anticipation of this ruling, there have been other convicted killers who have had their sentencing delayed. Most notably, the driver of a white rental truck who went on a deadly rampage on Young Street in 2018. Anybody in this path, they were flying in the air. He just kept going down one by one, one by one.
1: Oh my God, wow. I can't believe I saw this.
0: The Young Street van attack is one of the deadliest attacks in recent memory. And it will be the focus of a multi-part series coming up on What Happened to. Thank you for joining me this week on this special episode of What Happened To. I wanted to take a moment to remember each of the six people who died on January 29, 2017, and the countless number of family and friends who continue to feel the pain from that day. Global News What Happened To is written and produced by me, Erica Bella, with producer Dila Velazquez. Our audio producers are Rosalind Kafour and Rob Johnson. Also, special thanks goes to Drew Hasselback, Supervising National Online Journalist for Global News. Let us know what you thought of this episode and please share it with a friend. It will help us to grow the show and bring you more incredible stories. You can also help us out by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can also reach out to me personally. We're always looking for new stories. So if there's a new story you want us to revisit, you can reach me on Twitter at Erica vella or email me at Erica.bella at globalnews.ca. We'll see you next time.